Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, let's give the Lord a good hand clap. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God, we love you. God, we love you. Hallelujah! Oh, let's do it. Come on, let's give him a good hand clap. He's mighty. God, you're mighty! Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, I feel Jesus tonight. This is a beautiful, beautiful edifice, as we all know. But I don't want to be here if I can't feel Jesus. I've got, I've got to feel him. We've got to touch him. And it doesn't matter where it is I have worshiped God in what used to be chicken coops amen only did it once but I felt Jesus there amen but uh, to feel him and to know him in the 21st century is no small thing and for his hand to be upon us and for him to have a plan for us fully 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 intending and desiring to use every last one of us is a marvelous marvelous thing how many want to be used of god Oh, I want to be used of him. I want God's will to be done in our lives and in our world. Amen, amen, amen. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to please turn with me to Psalms 137. I want to say it is so good to be here with, again, the Lord who is my dearest, deepest friend. I, I haven't always been the friend to him that I should have been, but he's always been the friend to me that he said he would be. Always, 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 always. Amen. And uh, I don't take the invitation to be here lightly at all. I count it a very signal honor and blessing. But it's a greater blessing to be here than it is an honor, and it's a great honor. And we have here tonight, I've got uh, several families from Rialto represented here, and we are very happy for that. And uh, good to see Sister Ballestero. God loved her and her daughters and son and grandson. She's a grand, grand, grand lady of Pentecost. And uh, good to be with Brother Odom, Brother White, other men that are going to be preaching. And, and to, I'm going to tell you, when I walked in and I saw Brother Paul Price and his good wife here tonight, I felt like somebody kicked a bucket of honey over in my soul. I love this man with all my heart. I love you, Brother Price. 
and it is such a fabulous honor to have you here amen and you're going to be blessed ministers whoever all he's talking to on tuesday you're going to be very 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 blessed amen now if if i don't say and i feel so stupid but god bless debbie white kathy clark and christy now my wife will be proud of me amen and these are great 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 ladies what christy who else is there where is she oh she's holding babies and sister johnny ann yes god bless her amen now i've missed i've missed a host of people that i love you dearly i just i have to know that i've made my wife happy praise god all right now amen how many, love, how many love Jesus tonight? I love Jesus tonight. And I appreciate Brother Davies, who's going to read for me tonight. And I appreciate him and his family very, very, very much. Now, I know you're standing. Uh, what I'm going to preach tonight this is not the first time I've ever preached this. I know that there's people here tonight that have heard this before. Some of you, uh, in fact, the, some of the Rialto people heard me teach this in a sitting position uh, a week or so ago in a leadership, in a leadership class. The reason I'm preaching this tonight as God as God bears me witness is because I know as surely as he is God that this is what he wants me to preach tonight I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt and I also want to make a statement here that I know is true but I don't know what all it means but I know what I have been feeling in the Holy Ghost now this camp meeting is always important it has always been important and it will continue to be important but if I know the Lord at all this camp meeting and and I can't stay for all of it. I apologize for that. I cannot. I have to go out of the country. But this camp meeting this year is very important in the Holy Ghost. This camp meeting this year is very important in the Holy Ghost. And, I, and what all that means, I don't even know, but God does. And I believe that it is with all my heart. So Psalms 137, beginning at verse 1. By the way, I preached this not too far from here a few years ago. And uh, 
Maybe it'll go over better here, praise God. Verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they had carried us away captive. They that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we beseech you in Jesus' name. God, give us ears to hear, hearts to embrace and understand. God, your word and your will for us. Speak to every one of us as only you are able to. Through your word and through your spirit, you know every single need and every single situation and our every single futures. So God, we commit ourselves to you and this service to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and for your patience. Praise the name of the Lord. The psalm that we have read to you from is not a psalm of David. It is a psalm that was written long, long, long after David had served his generation. And it was written after a very horrid, horrible, long time coming, off time prophesied event took place that changed the history of Israel and the people of Israel forever. And that was when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, with his armies and minions, finally came to a stubborn, rebellious, haughty Jerusalem and carried them away captive and destroyed the temple. The temple that, that years and years, hundreds of years before King Solomon had erected. And so now it was not every single Israelite that was carried out of the Jerusalem Judean area but it was the elite he took those that had the greatest promise he took those that had 
a man social, financial, political, educational acumen. People that if he could get them, amen, and indoctrinate them and infiltrate them with Babylonian life and Babylonian thought and Babylonian ways and Babylonian values and Babylonian beliefs, he could and would utilize them to enhance his already powerful kingdom. He picked a good people to do this with, though he did it with all nations, because within the ranks of God's people, amen, there has always been some of the most unbelievably great, fabulous, talented people that you can find anywhere on the face of the earth. That includes his church. Now I'm just going to make this statement when it comes to music and, and when it comes to ministry, when it comes to these things. I, I don't know if you realize this, but the one God Jesus name apostolic peoples, amen, have the greatest concentration of talent of any group, anywhere, any place, any time. And the world knows it, and the denominal world sees it readily. And they ask us what our secret is, to which we answer, God. And His truth. And our abiding in it. Now not all of the talents that we have are always utilized for His glory. And that costs us and the utilizer dearly. But I do believe that in the big scheme of things throughout the world, God's just got a way. He saves the best for himself in Jesus' name. I believe that. But at any rate, the best, amen, however consecrated or not, was carried away from Jerusalem on up into Babylon. That great, mighty city and kingdom that was the center of that world. And when they were carried away, though they had been told they would be carried away, and hearkened not to prophet after prophet after prophet, finally the truth of their long-standing stubbornness and rebellion and callousness to the word and the preaching of the word and the men of God and the ways of God caught up with them. And when it came down to them and they finally understood, amen, what all had happened, it affected them profoundly. Now, it did not affect everybody in the same way. In fact, when you examine the children of Israel that were carried away, we find that there are three main attitudes that the captives embraced. Now, I'm moving slow, and I know I'm moving slow, and it doesn't bother me to move slow, because I want to make sure everybody's on board. And so, the captives were carried away, and there were three basic attitudes of the, cap 
captivated Jews in Babylon. The first one is the one from which we have drawn our text. These were they that in time of remorse and sorrow and shame sat down by the rivers of Babylon. They wept when they remembered Zion. They hung their harps upon the willows. When their captives would, would require them to sing a song of Zion, they responded, how can we sing a song of Zion in a strange land? And then they would express their feelings for Jerusalem, feelings that they used to take for granted, feelings that they used to just, they were just, they were raised there, they were birthed there. It didn't mean much to them, but after, amen, a few years of captivity in Babylon, they realized what they lost. And it was a very sobering, stunning, shocking revelation. And so they wept, they sorrowed, they despaired, and they embraced a deep, deep remorse. And that's fine. That's obviously better than the alternatives, amen, that some took. But I would like to point something out to you. Their attitude for all the nobility that's found there, amen, at best produced only pity from the heart of any Babylonian. They saw they were sad, they saw they were morbidly depressed, they're sitting by the rivers, they're weeping, they're hanging the harps in the willows. And those are poor, pitiful people. But I would like to also point out to you, their attitude changed nothing. It affected nobody. It advanced no cause. It did not rebuild one hamlet, one village, one city, let alone Jerusalem. It erected no temples. It reestablished no walls. It did not raise up the kingdom of God. I'm glad they felt bad. But that's all it did. They felt bad. And I'm sure God appreciated the fact that they uh, had, had learned a lesson. But it wasn't changing anything. The second attitude that we can see, amen, and this, this affected the vast majority of the captives, was that of compromise. They didn't weep, they didn't mourn, they didn't despair, they didn't sorrow. And they absolutely gave themselves over to the king's ways. Amen. From the king's food, the king's meat, the king's wine. Amen. Eventually to the king's gods. To the Babylonian thought. To the Babylonian lifestyle. To the Babylonian world. They so were consumed and were 
with the Babylonian world, that they were consumed by the Babylonian world. And they eventually were entirely assimilated into first the Babylonian, then slash the Persian. And by the time they were off the scene, you couldn't even tell when the Greeks came through what was Jewish and what was not. They had lost their identity. They could not relate to Jerusalem, let alone, amen, have their tongue cleave to their mouth if they forgot it. They were not hooked up spiritually, emotionally, mentally. They may have known they were Jews, but nobody else did. And as the generations went by, they were absolutely lost and gone as a people. The tide took them out to the sea, and they never, ever came back. And then there was that third group, the third smallest group, but the third group that absolutely rocked the Babylonian and Persian kingdoms rocked them, amen, to their roots and affected them unbelievably. Before I talk about them, I would like to stop and talk to all of us. We are not in Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, but I want to assure you tonight, we are very much in Babylon. We are in 21st century Babylon. And I know that there is a book of Revelation, Babylon, of a city, of a, of a, of a false harlot bride set on the city of seven hills, a man whose, whose tentacles reach throughout the entire earth, and I understand that Babylon. But when you look at the Babylon, literal Babylon of Nebuchadnezzar's day, when you realize, amen, the the prosperity, when you realize the access, amen, to anything that that world could provide, when you stop and you compare and you look at the United States of America in the 21st century, amen, and you think of the world that these were carried captive into, can I tell you, we are in a Babylon. Anything you want is in Babylon. It's the hold of every foul spirit and every foul bird. I like the United States of America. I love the United States of America. I don't want to... I don't want to live anywhere else. I don't even enjoy visiting anywhere else. I love the United States of America, but can I tell you, this nation is in deep, deep, deep trouble with God. It's in very deep trouble with God. If the scripture is true, and they're all true, that to whom much is given, much is required, I'm telling you, America's in deep trouble with God. Very deep. When you consider the Christian principles upon which much of the leadership in the beginning, amen, decades of this nation embraced and how far we've fallen and how far we've gone, it will boggle 
the mind and sicken the heart as well as the stomach amen we are referred to as the great Satan by mainly the Muslim world which is a big chunk of the world nowadays but I do want to remind us that the Muslim world does not just refer to us as the great Satan because of our political ties with Israel that's just a part of it when you consider the ludity the nudity amen that is spewed throughout the world the vulgar raucous vile music or at least it calls itself music amen that spews out of this nation that is so readily embraced by much amen of the youth of the world because it's from America when you consider the styles in clothes or the lack thereof the promiscuity the pornography and all of the above spewing out through the entire world through television and Hollywood that comes from America that is why we're called the great Satan they know what we're doing to the whole world I remember in 1984 being in Israel we went to Tiberias and it was on a Thursday night and I told our guide I said there is nobody in the streets of Tiberias where in the world is everybody and we were standing on a on a hill he said what day is this I said it's Thursday because huh it was 1984 he said, oh. he said everybody is in their homes trying to figure out who shot JR the city streets were empty because they were watching a stupid television show called Dallas I said do they really think that that show represents America he said they believe it with everything that's in them we are rightly named the great Satan and I'm telling you America is in deep trouble with God I don't rejoice in it but it's there and I also find that while we're here in this Babylon that the three attitudes that were embraced in that Babylon are alive and well amongst the one God Jesus name apostolic peoples amen and when I say one God Jesus name apostolic peoples that's exactly what I mean the length and the breadth of oneness Pentecost amen there's no one in particular group or groups that have the market cornered in this world I find that there is a group I appreciate the nobility of the longing for that which is lost that which has been laid aside that which has been amen forgotten amen they see that 
that far too often in way too many places, amen, as far as Jerusalem, the mother of us all, the church, its teachings, its ideologies, its stands, its standards, they're a thing of the past. They've been carried away into a strange country. Different worlds and different clothing and different lifestyle and different speech and different actions and different music and different entertainment. They're in their Babylon and they're lost and losing their identity as the people of God. And far too often you can't even tell their oneness Pentecost anymore. You wouldn't know it unless they tell you they are. And God bless those that in the spirit sit and weep and hang their harps. They can't sing the songs of Zion in a strange, weird world. And they love the church. If I ever forget what it was really like, let my right hand forget its cunning. If I ever forget what the glory of God used to be like, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. And so while all of that is good and proper, It changes nothing. At best, it produces pity. It, it doesn't build a church. It doesn't erect a temple. It doesn't reestablish the kingdom. It builds no walls. They just sit by the river and weep. And then we see, and we've already discussed, a second greatest group that a man have taken on everything the king has to offer and they say they say they say we'll go thus far but we will not change our god we'll go this far but but no farther we will not leave the doctrine we will not leave acts 2 3 we will not leave the oneness of god but others said that as well. And they're walking away from this Acts 2.38 message. They're walking away from the oneness of God. It's, 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 it's at best, if there's even a semblance in a lot of them left, it's just a manner of semantics. And it's not in their heart and soul and spirit. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and there are many people here that can testify because they've lived decades longer than I have. And this is no new thing in America or in the Word of God. They do lose it. They do lose it. Just give it time. And after a while, they're sending out letters and cards, amen, and books about now there's two gods. Okay? Now there's, there's not three yet. But, but, but there's two. And you can mark this down. That mentality, you give it a little more time. They'll be more comfortable with three than they will with one. Amen. 
especially if it touches the pocketbook. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Much. That third group that basically before it spread into the hearts of people like Ezra and Nehemiah and a mighty courageous remnant it started first apparently in the heart of one man and his name was Daniel his name was Daniel and I want to say this, that third group, amen, they're not weepers, certainly not compromisers, but listen closely, they were non-adversarial and non-compromise. Non-adversarial, but non-compromise. In the fifth verse of Daniel 1, and you may want to turn there, we're going to be in the book of Daniel. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, which we know had been offered to his gods. So nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. We're going to start with the meat. We're going to start with the drink. And then the indoctrination processes, amen, begin to expedite themselves. And we're going to work in your head and work in your thoughts and work in your spirit. And then we're going to work in your world. And after a while, if you give it time, you will be as Babylonian as anybody born in this city. But we got to start somewhere. And it seemed to be a very highly successful plan and practice. Except for verse number 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart. But Daniel purposed in one single heart. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. With the portion of the king's meat. Nor can you give him monitor up here? Oh, you got it. Can you give him monitor? They would not, he would not defile himself. With the king's meat, read. Nor with the wine which Nor he drank. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of he the eunuchs. He did what? He requested of the prince of the eunuchs. He requested? Why didn't he go up to the prince of the eunuchs and kick him in the shin and say, Hey, you turkey! I don't want that slop! Get it out of my face! I ain't about to eat that! You hear me? Get that out of my face! I ain't gonna walk that way! He went to the prince of the eunuchs and he requested. Like sometimes it's good to approach your boss. I said I ain't working Sunday morning! You hear me? 
you might do a little better <laughs> if you prayerfully, amen, request. And he can sense your earnestness and feel something in your spirit when he understands you don't want off Sunday morning so you can go on a fishing trip. You want off Sunday morning so you can go to the house of your God and worship him. And worship him. There's something about it. When he went to the eunuch, the eunuch could feel. He could see. He could sense there is a reality about this man. Read. He requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I don't want to defile myself. Read. Now God had brought Daniel now into... Now God had brought Daniel... Into favor. Into favor. And tender love. And tender love. With the prince of the eunuchs. He brought him into favor and tender love. He liked him. He liked him. How was it that he could like him? Amen. Because he could talk to him. Amen. He could, he could, he could, he could tap him on the shoulder and ask him something and he wouldn't jerk his shoulder and say, what do you want? Kind of hard to love somebody like that. Kind of hard to, you know, want to do favors. But Daniel had a spirit that was non-adversarial. But you listen, non-compromise. I have purposed in my heart, I will not defile myself with the king's meat. I have a God. I can't get Jerusalem out of my mind. I pray that way in the morning, in the noontime, in the evening. I'm a young man, amen, and I know that everybody else is doing it, but I'm sorry I can't go there. Would you please help me in this? I want to do what's right before my God. Amen. Read. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king. You got to understand, I fear my lord the king. I fear Nebuchadnezzar. Who hath appointed your meat and your drink. Is that verse 12? 10. 10. Now, go to verse 12. Prove thy servants. So this is what Daniel said. Okay, I understand. You don't want to get in a bad spot. So prove thy servants. I beseech thee 10 days. Give us just 10 days time. Let them give us pulse to eat. And give us pulse to eat. Now, I've read that's everything from vegetables to granola. Amen. But somewhere it just don't sound good. Pulse to eat. It don't sound as good, as flavorful, as spicy, as exciting as the king's meat. Amen. So give me, just give us pulse to eat. And water to drink. And give us water to drink. Then let our countenances... And after ten days, come and check us out. ...be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and thou seest deal with thy... You check servant. them out, and you check us out in ten days' time. We're just going to stick 
with the pulse. We're going to stick with the water. Can I tell you something? There's a lot of things coming down the pipe. There's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of exits on this highway of holiness. You can get off to the left or right pretty much anywhere you want to get off. But I'm going to tell you something. There is something about the good old-fashioned pulse. Hallelujah. Amen. The world may not understand it. How we get so excited over something, amen, as simple as this black back book. You just let us, hallelujah, eat this and drink of the spirit of almighty God. We got a well of living water. It springs up. So you let us stick with the water of the spirit and the word of the pulse. And after 10 days, check us out. Read. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. Read. At the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer. At the end of ten days, their countenances, their countenances appeared fairer, fairer and, fatter and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. We're on the Pentecostal diet plan. I'm going to tell you, that's one reason we've got so much talent. That's one reason we're so blessed. Because somewhere somebody made up their mind. I'm going by the book. I'm going to walk it. I'm going to talk it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to teach it. I love it. It may not be fancy, but I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing in the world that God do. Just let me get a dose of the Holy Ghost. Let me seek him. Let me touch him. Glory to God. I look, I don't know. Ooh, ee. Thou art a good man. So read. Thus, Melzar took away the portion of their meat. So after a while, after 10 days, he didn't even offer the meat anymore. And the he wine. didn't offer the wine anymore. And gave them pulse. He gave them the word. As for these four children. As for these four. Now, it started out with Daniel. But somewhere, it starts with somebody. But then Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, they said, you know what? If he can do it, we can do it. If he can live it, we can live it. If he can embrace it, we can embrace it. If he can stand, we can stand too. Listen to me, young person. It means something when you take a stand and you live for God. There's other people in your youth group. Come on, stand tall, stand strong. Purpose in your heart, I'm not going to defile myself. You'll be shocked who you get influence. Come on, mama. Come on, daddy. I don't care what the neighbors are doing. Stand strong. Get behind your pastor. Do what's right. You'll be shocked who gets on board. And what was the result of their stand? God gave them knowledge and skill. God gave them knowledge. God gave them skill. 
in all learning and wisdom. In all learning and all wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. He had understanding in all visions. He had understanding in all dreams. Now at the end of the days. The end of the days. That the king had said. Three years. Bring them in. And after three years, Nebi said, bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them. And among them all, and among all those was found oneness Jews. None there was found none, none like Daniel, like Daniel, Hananiah, Hananiah, Mishael, Mishael, and Azariah. Azariah. There was nobody like them. They stood out. Just like, I'm going to tell you something, I tell the young people of our church, and I mean it from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Young people, the world, the world is opening up. And you talk about the pearl belongs to you. I made this statement before here. Young people, listen to me. When they find somebody that they can hire that's got sense, shows up for work on time, is there Monday morning and not laid up with a hangover? Is there Friday because they didn't want to run off to get a bunch of beer and go to the lake? Amen. They don't rob them blind. They're faithful. They're stalwart. You can trust what they say. They're one God, Jesus name, apostolic, holiness, young people that have made up their mind. I'm not living like everybody else. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. We had a, a lady in our church, now her and her husband are pastoring a, 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 a church about 20 miles from us. Great people, beautiful people. She went to work in a, in a high class store. They were so, so impacted by her spirit, by her dress, by her actions. Eventually, I don't even know how many Oneness Pentecostals were working in that store. They said, is there any more like you? We, and they opened up, I'm gonna tell you something, the Oneness people ran that place. Just because they had sense and they could trust them, there was nobody like those four. Read. And in all matters of wisdom. And in all matters of wisdom. And understanding. And understanding. That the king inquired of that them. That the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better. How bet's better? Ten times better. He found them ten times better. It's the difference between somebody handing you a ten dollar bill and somebody handing you a hundred dollar bill. I've had a lot of people in various times and places in my life from a kid up hand me $10 bills. I think if I gave it thought, I could probably think of every time somebody ever handed me a hundred. 
And I know 100 ain't what it used to be. But you just don't forget it. Amen. And that's the way. He said, oh, there's five and tens all around me. But these guys are 10 times better. I can't forget them. They're stuck in my mind. These guys have got it. They got it. They're sharp. What did you say, you ate? We ate the pulse and we drank the water. And here we are today. We're here to do the will of Almighty God. They could have sat under a willow and wept. They could have compromised, but they made up their mind. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to be ugly. We're going to do what God wants us to do and be what God wants us to be. Chapter 2, verse 1. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. He had a dream. Wherewith his spirit was troubled. His spirit was troubled six ways from Sunday. And his sleep break from him. His sleep took off from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians. I the, want the magicians. And the astrologers. I want the astrologers. And the sorcerers. I want the sorcerers. And the Chaldeans to come for to show. I want everybody that's got their little knack and two-step to come and show me, number one, what my dream was, number two, what the interpretation was, because both's gone. And they came and they said, we're ready. Tell us the dream. Tell us the dream and we got an answer ready. He said, all you want to do is buy some time. You don't have the dream. You don't got the answer. And I got a, news for, a word for you. You're all going into prison. And I'm going to destroy your house. I'm going to burn it up. And you're fixing to die. And they went around to all the wise men giving them the news. And when they got to Daniel, Daniel said, why is the king so hasty? Hey, hey, tell him there is still a God. Now, those astrologers said, that would take a visitation of God and God's dwellings is not with men I got news for you Nebuchadnezzar his will will be done my God does dwell with men and you can start with Daniel Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego he's alive and well So they prayed and fasted, and Daniel had the dream. Verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and, and said. And Daniel came into the presence of the king and answered. And the secret which the king hath commanded cannot the wise men. Whoa, 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 whoa. One more time. Daniel answered in the presence of the king. In the presence of the king. And said, the secret which the king hath demanded the secrets you wanting to know cannot the wise men the wise men can't help you can they the astrologers the astrologers the can't help you can they the magicians the magicians can't help you can they the suits all the things you've been leaning on all these years that the world puffers up they can't help you now that your back's to the wall and a knife to your throat but that's not the way Daniel put it he said the king the astrologers the wise men the soothsayers read 
They cannot show unto the king, but there is a God. But they can't show, but there is a God. Really? In heaven that revealeth secrets. He's in heaven and he's still in the secret revealing business. And maketh known. He makes known. To the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and thy visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. I saw, you saw, a mighty figure with a head of gold. That's you, Nebuchadnezzar. That's the kingdom of Babylon. And then you saw silver, amen, chest and arms. That's the coming media Persian empire. And then you saw waste, amen, of, of, of brass. And that's the Grecian empire. And then you saw legs of iron. That's the Roman empire. Then you saw, amen, feet and toes of partly iron and partly clay. And that's the world we're living in. Daniel saw that great dream and Daniel had that great revelation. Verse 46. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. And Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. And worshipped Daniel. And he worshipped Daniel. And commanded that they should offer an oblation. I want everybody to offer sacrifice and oblation to Daniel. And sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings. Your God is a God of gods. And a Lord of kings. And a Lord of kings. And a revealer of secrets. I never met a God like your God. I never saw a God like your God. That pulse and that water, that must really do something for you. Amen. I don't find that anywhere else. Read. Seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. You revealed the secrets. Then the king made Daniel a great man. Then he made Daniel. He was already great, but he elevated him. He made him a great man. Gave him many great gifts. Many great gifts. And made him ruler over the whole province. Made of him ruler over the whole province. Lotus. And the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. He was over all the wise men of Babylon. Read. Then Daniel requested of the king. But Daniel requested of the king. And he said, Shadrach. He said, now listen, king. Let's don't be too hasty here. I'll tell you what let's do. Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego over the affairs. Put the them world. over the affairs. Of the province of the province of Babylon of Babylon but Daniel sat in the gate but I don't need that position let me just sit in the king's gate now brother where do you find that how many today would say it's about time you realize what you had and I can't wait to get what I've been long time deserving. No, no. Daniel said, no, king. That job, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, they can take care of it just fine. I don't need any of that. Just let me sit by the king's gate. Can you imagine that king? I have never in my life 
met somebody like you. Everybody wants exalted. Everybody wants a spot. Everybody wants a position. I ain't never seen nobody like you. All I want to do is sit at your gate. Now, he sat at the gate. But don't you know that that guy at the gate had the king's ear. And I don't care what Nebuchadnezzar was in, what he was involved with, who he was talking to. If he got a little note slipped to him and said, Daniel has a word for you. Excuse me, Mr. Prime Minister. Excuse me. What you got? Just a little advice. I'm wide open. Talk to me. We're talking about wisdom. We're talking about somebody with a good, right spirit. We're talking about somebody that's non-compromised. But he's not ugly. He's got, he's got as right a spirit as you can find. Meanwhile, the others, it's nothing but the king's wine. They're getting more and more intoxicated with Babylon every day. They're thinking like Babylonians. They're walking like Babylonians. They're talking like Babylonians. Their world is Babylonian. Amen. And it all seems fine and well. But you get on down a ways to chapter, amen, to, to verse 17. Or verse, excuse me, 5. Sure. Help me out. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar the king. I told him, I said, if I miss something good, you make sure and pull me back. Read. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Ah! Now! Nebuchadnezzar backslides on him. And he makes an image of gold. Whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. Sixty cubits tall, six cubits wide. Can I just propose he was probably as much as he could in the spitting image of what he saw in the dream. Except it was all solid gold. In my mind, that's what I think. Now he set the image up. Read. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Read. Verse 5. Thank you. That at what time you that hear. That at what time. You hear the sound of the cornet. You hear the sound of the cornet. Flute. Flute. Harp. Harp. Sackbut. Sackbut. Psaltery. Psaltery. Dulcimer. All that stuff. And all kinds of music. All that. You fall down and worship the golden I want image. everybody in my kingdom, every last one of you to fall down and worship. Come a long ways from just wine and meat. Things have happened now. Things are changing. New attitudes have been taken on. Read. And whoso falleth not down. And, and anybody that does not fall down. And worshipeth. And worship. Shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning that fiery same furnace. Hour he's going into a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time. When all the people heard the sound of the cornet. When all 
thy people. Everybody that had been carried for the nations, including the Israelites. There they were. They're out on the plains of Shinar now. They're not around king's tables with king's meat and king's wine. Hey man, it's no longer just king's entertainments of the king's world and the king's dainties and all of the king's frolics and ways and things that Babylon has to offer. Now they're standing before a six-six image. When you hear the music, it's time to bow down. I don't know how many of them are thinking, I can't bow down. I never thought it'd come to this. What are we supposed to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. This isn't right. That's, that's an image. I know. I know. I don't think I can. You better. You're going to go in a fiery furnace. Well, surely, I guess it's okay. I guess. I guess. And one after another, while the music's playing, they're dropping to the king's God. And they're bowing down. I don't know when the rapture's taking place. Eschatology, prophecy, is not my strong point. I really don't know. Nobody really does. Except God. I vote for pre-trib rapture. If you're taking votes, God, please. That's my ballot. But I don't know if he's taking votes. I think he's going to do what he wants to do. I hope that's what he wants to do. But I am going to tell you this much. If he doesn't, we got a bunch of people in bad trouble. Can I propose something to you? And you're going to think I'm being ugly, but I'm not. If you can look at 1 Corinthians 11 and read that and hear that taught by apostolic preachers that love this truth and say it doesn't matter if a woman cuts her hair if you can read that and, and say that no, no. especially have a known better if the Lord does tarry and if the church is here that same mentality will be alive and well enough that it will look at Revelation 13 and say, you know, I don't think that chip means what we think it means. I don't think if I get it in my right hand or my forehead that I'm really, and the same spirit of compromise will figure out how to take the mark of the beast and bow down to the image of the world. And yes, there'll be some sitting by the river under the willow trees, and there'll be some that are bowing down. But bless your heart, if he tarries, and if we're there, there's going to be some that say, not me.
me, not me. By the grace of Almighty God, I've walked with him this far, and I'll go with him all the way. And so while for just a moment, everybody seated, please. Music plays, and Nebuchadnezzar looks out. Three people, please. Three men on towards those back rows. I need three guys to stand up. One, two, three. Brother, thank you. Sit down. I need someone towards the back. One more back there. Yeah. One, eight. one, two. One more down. One more down. I got three. One up. Stand up. One more guy. Just one. Right there. Right there. See those three right there. So Nebuchadnezzar, he's up and he's checking out life. He's enjoying himself immensely. The music's playing and he's looking. Everybody's down. Everybody's worshiping my God. Oh, what a sight. Everybody. That's, uh, that's some of your princes. Who? That's Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. What do they think they're doing? Well, knowing them, they're probably standing there. <laughs> Don't sit down. Oh, yeah, you're there. <laughs> My eyes. I believe so, sir. Get out there and ask them. They heard you, King. What are they doing? I think they're standing, sir. You go get it now. And they brought him. And he said, do you know what you're doing? Yes, sir. Did you not hear my edict? Yes, sir. Why aren't you, why aren't you bound down? Verse 28? 17. That's right, 17. <laughs> thank you, thank you. If it be so. He said, boys, you better bow down or you're gonna burn. And they said. If it be so. If it be so. Our God whom we serve is able. Our God whom we serve. Is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace is able to deliver us he's able our God's able I just found a penny and every time I find a penny I pick it up normally I put it in the pocket but I'm putting it right there tonight you know why I pick up every penny that I find because I want God to never forget that I will never forget where I came from. I pick up every one of them, my friend. 
So King, we got a God that's able. We're not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now, I want you three brethren right there. You three brethren right there. Come on up here. Andale, mucho, nueve. Brother White loves my Spanish. That means hurry up nine. These are the biggest, baddest hombres that Nebuchadnezzar can find in his kingdom. I want the bad dudes. We're going to throw them in the fire. Do you hear me? So I'm Meshach. And over there's the fire. And you're the bad dudes. So get on this side over here. One behind me. You're going to throw me into the fire. We got behind me. Behind me. No exits. <laughs> okay? There's the fire. We're not careful to answer the old king. If it be so, we'll go. Now, this is the way that a lot of Pentecostals would do it. Ready? Let's go. You bunch of reprobates! You're going to burn! You sorry outfit! You can be sympathy for them would say they need to burn <laughs> but this is the way they did it oh, excuse me I gotta get myself ready <laughs> king I'm not careful to answer you but if you know okay in the name of Jesus Jehovah Let's go. 